Morning Show on the all-new K107.5. Hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Good morning and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry along with Ricky Watkins. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Tony. Anyway, for our weekly Fishing and Hunting Show, and welcome to Kane Radio, FM Band 107.5 and AM 1240. And as always, the purpose of this show is to keep our listeners updated with the fishing and the hunting in the area, along with Louisiana and stories around the USA and the world. And, Rick, uh, these are the fine people that uh, the reason we're here each Friday. You're right, Tony. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Home Run Pizza, and Raging Cajun Seasonings and Foods. And if you'd like to give us a call, the number is 337-367-1240. You can also listen to us online uh, at uh, www. Uh, dot k-a-n-e one two four zero dot com anywhere in the world if you have an alexa just say alexa play k1240 and you also can listen to kane on any accessible internet device we're live here at the studios at 107 west main street here in downtown new iberia right next to victor's cafeteria which is open and rick uh freshwater saltwater fishing what you hearing tony the, the saltwater still clicking uh Talked to a few of my buddies. They they still catching, you know, not big big specs, but but good size specs and catching some limits, uh, which we'll talk about that probably later on. Yes. And on the freshwater side, we took a little trip to uh, me at Point last weekend, and fishing is still good. I mean, you know, it's got to be careful. The water's low; it's bumping up a little bit, but uh, you know, fishing is still uh, is still good, Tony. Well, Rick, uh, with that. Uh, uh what was working for you? Uh, Tony, we've been throwing plastics and, and uh, really a spinner bait, you know, just slow rolling it around all the structure and just taking your time and being lethargic and making good casts and, and just, you know, slowing down and, and, and just fishing, you know, just taking your time. And, uh, and it's been doing very well for us. Well, with that, too, uh, Rick, uh, as you mentioned, uh, with the river stage at Butler Rose, uh, the water's starting to come up a little bit, not a lot. Right. From about 3.36 feet to about 3.8 in the next uh, couple of days. So it looks like it's got to hang around there. Drop just a shade or two. Uh, is four outers towards Thanksgiving. Right. Uh, November 23rd. So, uh, yes, sir. Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, as you mentioned, out there at Meat Point, uh, the water's still pretty low. It's low, but it's, uh, you know, you stay in the main, the main canal, Tony, getting out to the GA. And, you know, a lot of people that use me at point. I had one of my buddies say, man, I heard you couldn't even get out of me at. I said, oh, no, I don't know who's putting that out. But, I mean, you just stay in the middle of the canal, go all the way out to the GA. And once you get in the GA, you know, just stay in the middle of the GA and get to where you're going, you're all right, you know. You now, think- like I said, you don't want to run close to the bank. Because mm-hmm. you can see the birds, I mean, they're they're in like three or four inches of water, you know. Yeah, do you uh, feel that the water uh, limits there are three and a half, four feet? Or? Oh, yeah, it's about it's about right. The, okay. uh, you're talking about the water stage? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty accurate. Uh, I guess they got that gauge fixed, Tony, you know, around Butler Rose, and that's, that's the gauge I like to go off of. Okay. Now, if it's, uh, you know, three, four up there, it might be three, six or three, eight over here. But after a day or so, you know, it's pretty much pretty much the same. Well, anyway, in the, believe it or not, uh, I got the Louisiana Private Recreational Red Snapper landing estimates through October 29th, and uh, they were released yesterday uh, sometime. Uh, with that, the Red uh, landing estimates through October 29th, uh, believe it or not, uh, it's at 836,182 pounds, or approximately 89.5% of Louisiana's total allocation of uh, up to 934,587 pounds have been harvested, and with that, uh, it's getting pretty close. That's too. close, Tony. Yep. It is. So uh, last week, I think, what was it, somewhere in the mid-80s, 
So it's starting to move along, and uh, will we make it to the end of the year? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. You know, so. It, if we do, it's going to be close. Yeah. Uh, maybe people stop fishing around the yeah. holidays and all, but <clears> usually that's when they'll go out a little bit. And, of course, you can take four fish now since July 17th. So, right. uh Anyway. And you're looking at, you know, when, uh, a few more thousand pounds in, uh, statewide, like you said, four fish. And, you, you know, you get four or five guys in a boat. And uh, some people still still fishing them, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, anyway, uh, just uh, look how that's coming along and all. So, uh, we'll see uh, what's going to transpire with that. And see, the commissioner can come in at any time now and say, oh, we're done. That's it. Right. And, uh, of course, these are the release totals. He might have some more updated totals that we're not aware of, but uh, in the meantime, that's right. Uh, we'll see how that falls into place. Meanwhile, the big news: uh, the new speckled trout regulations go into effect November twentieth, uh, Rick, and uh, with that, the new speckled trout size and daily creel limits go into effect and will be enforced beginning November twentieth. The new regulations are as follows: size limit thirteen to twenty inches total length. Only two fish included in this daily creel lim- creel limit can be greater than 20 inches in length. The daily creel limit, 15 fish uh, daily limit per angler. Right. Uh, elsewhere, charter boat guides and crew will not be able to retain a creel limit while on a charter trip and may be engaged in fishing. So with that, the new regulations are scheduled to uh, sunset at midnight, uh, January 1st in 2028. And uh, with that, the Louisiana Staff, uh, uh, Department of Wildlife and Fisheries are required to provide an up-to-date <clears throat> stock assessment before the commission's April 2027. I don't know how they can do that five, four or five years out, but uh, this update assessment will provide the commission an opportunity to modify the regulations if needed before sunset in 2028. Okay. All right. Anyway, the current speckled trials limit is 12 inches total length with a daily creel of 25 and the Louisiana Fisheries Outreach staff has developed a video uh, on best handling practices for speckled trout. And uh, following uh, these tips will help reduce uh, the discord to mortality. As mm-hmm. you know as well as I do, Rick, uh, you know, a lot of people pull up fish in, uh, in, uh, in certain depths of water and they pop them and uh, right. they throw them back out there. And, yeah. you know, you don't know if they've caught them or not. But um, anyway, especially with the red snapper, too. Yeah. Uh, I think, Tony, with this uh, coming into effect, it'll take probably a couple of years, but you're going to see our, our speckled trout uh, population and fishery turn way around for the good. Uh, hopefully if the pogies can get a little closer to shore. Uh, that's true, too, yeah. Things like that, and also dealing with, you know, Cameron Parish for years yeah. has a 15-fish uh, limit in speckled trout, yeah. and uh, they haven't had any issues out in that part of uh, yeah. uh, the state. So, but I think uh, you see it it'll get a lot better. It's going to take a year or so. You know, I'm going to guess about two years. Yeah, I hope so, uh, Rick. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to see people catching in the cove, the yeah. trash pile, and those areas around there in Weeks yeah. Bay and you know, we see them catching specs. So, because uh, with that thirteen and what is it twenty? Yes. So you know you can't keep a twelve inch fish any longer. So you're going to have a lot of fish coming up to that level, and in the next step you'll have a lot more numbers. So it's yeah. it's going to do well. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, they'll throw back the under uh, twelve inches. Uh, they better throw them back. You know, look, look, a lot of them. You know, as well as I do, they don't throw back the bass. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that's what keeps things going in that regard. Yes. So uh, anyway, we'll we'll see how that's all going to transpire. Meanwhile, uh, this is something, Rick, you always like to see this, too, in that the Louisiana Department of Wildlife Fisheries biologists assist the Red River Waterway Commission with stocking bass right. in the Red River. And uh, with that, the Department uh, and Fisheries biologists uh, examined a variety of Florida largemouth 
bass fingerlings and assist in placing the fish in suitable habitats along the Red River and Avalos and Rapids parishes Wednesday morning for the Red River Waterway Commission. And the fish was supplied by American Sports Fish Hatchery in Montgomery, Alabama, and included uh, pure Florida bass as well as the F1 tiger bass yep. that are cross of northern bass and Florida bass. Right. Approximately 18,000 largemouth bass fingerlings were placed in the Red River on Wednesday. Usually, what's the survival rate of? Uh, About 20 percent. That 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 much, yeah. you know, because man, all these little birds and everybody oh, yeah. else. In this. Well, now these fish here, Tony, and the reason I'm saying it should be a little less, but there's. They're six. They were six to what? Six to eight inches? Six to seven inches? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Usually they put them in there as fried. And when you say fried, that's little bitty, you know. Yeah, so these that's fish, minuscule. Yeah, it'll be a little, you know, the rate will be a little better for them. Yeah, they're talking four to six inches so in length. So, yeah. you know, that, that's pretty oh, yeah. good sized fish, that's you right. know. And there, the way there's different pools, Tony, in, in the Red River. I know you know this, but. You know, I guess they pick which pool they think is the best, you know, to give them a chance to start off. Sure. And then they're going to go with the tide, with the flow, you know, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I've been on the Red River around Alexandria and all a few times. Uh, Yeah. uh, Anyway, uh, but uh, with that, so they uh, also the uh, largemouth bass fingerlings, 1,800 of them, F1 fingerlings were released into the Red River. Uh, Ben Ruth uh, Recreation Area, Effie in Avalos Parish, not sure where that is. But additional releases were conducted Wednesday at uh, Fort Bulow Lake Landing, as well as the Voice uh, Recreation Area. I know where that is, uh, managed by the Red River Waterway. So, uh, and each of those sites received 3,600 pure Florida bass and 900 F1 bass. So, uh, uh, good to see the organization brings uh, in bass fingerlings to help rebuild the population. The habitat was damaged by severe flooding way back in 15 and 16, yeah, and we're yeah. all aware of that. <clears throat> yeah. And the flooding washed uh, habitat away and washed a lot of vegetation. So uh, it's coming back, but uh, the owner of the American Sports Fish Hatchery explained that the F1 bass are a mix of northern largemouth bass, which are native to Louisiana, and the Florida largemouth bass. Uh, you get the aggression of the northern bass and the size of the Florida bass, he said. So uh, anyway, if you'd like to look it up, you can go to the uh, website, of the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission and re- read up uh, more about it and what's taking place in that regard. So uh, yep. always good to see. You good know. deal. And yep. we've had that down here many times where they right. uh, drop fish here for our area right. and all. And it'll so, take uh, a couple of years, Tony, but you'll you, you hear some good fish being caught off the Red River. Oh, I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. So uh, anyway, with that, too, uh, you know, the hunting seasons are underway, folks, you know, and uh, – and I uh, just want to remind you, uh, check with the uh, Wildlife and Fisheries uh, website uh, for your areas and your dates uh, that you can start uh, shooting, whether it be deer, ducks, doves. Uh, just uh, go ahead and uh, get those out there. So, uh, you know, you still see a lot of those four-wheelers moving around, oh, too. Oh, yeah, uh, trailers and four-wheelers. Oh, yeah. yes. And uh, so you guys uh, just make sure different areas, different times, different places So uh, with that. Elsewhere, I uh, just want to mention this to you. Each year, you know, they have a uh, waterfowl conservation stamp competition. And a guy from Noblesville, Indiana, who won the 2024 Louisiana Waterfowl Conservation uh, Stamp Competition sponsored by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Annual Contest in its 36th year. Okay. And, boy, you see some gorgeous oh, yeah. pic- pictures of that. And uh, basically, uh, the ruddy duck was a species selected for this year's contest in Paget Anthony J. Paget uh, painting features a ruddy duck in on a still water body. A total of 12 entries submitted from uh, seven different states, including 
Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Nebraska, Ohio. And for the second year in a row, uh, Jeffrey Kleinfelter of Etna Green, Indiana, was second. And Guy Crittenden of Richmond, Virginia, was third. And the ruddy duck is a small diving duck, actually classified as a stiff-tailed duck. And it's the only representative of the genus uh, Oxyura uh, in North America. Ruddy ducks are not generally pursued as an individual species, but more generally in harvested uh, opportunistically uh, and are not a portion of the bag of hunters as a recent. Uh, in other words, there are around 1,200 ruddy ducks harvested in Louisiana each year, and they breed primarily in freshwater wetlands and the prairie pothole regions of the U.S. and Canada, but also in western uh, U.S., uh, Mexico, and Caribbean. But the kicker is that uh, it's a beautiful duck, and uh, it takes a lot of patience. I don't know how these guys... Uh, uh, you know, you got a few people that I know that could probably compete, but they just don't enter. Yeah. And the Louisiana legislature authorized the uh, Louisiana Waterfowl Conservation Stamp Program way back in 1988. Program was created to generate revenue for the conservation enhance of waterfowl populations and its habitats in uh, Louisiana. And since 1989, more than 15 million dollars has been generated for the wetlands. That's right. An average of 400000 a year. It's available for wetland, waterfowl, habitat. Revenues have supported the wetland development projects, and that's what it's all about, to raise some money. People buying these, uh, I guess, uh, 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 artist renditions of the ducks and all. And right. uh, Anyway, the 24 stamp will go on sale June first, 2024. The artist will retain the original artwork and will have a reproduction rights to the image for prints and other commodities after the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries have used the image to produce the stamp. So, uh, and a lot of that tuning, those artists, just a God-given talent. I mean, some of them, I mean, they're they're really good. Oh you know, yeah, you know, like the guy coming in second for two years in a row. I mean, yeah, he's got be a no doubt. He's he's right there. You know, and you know, this guy, yeah. like you said, yeah. they're gonna get some uh, reserve rights. You know, royalties oh, yeah. to the uh, sale of those uh, posters and all. And, yes, sir. Uh, yep. It's big money involved. And That's to right. be honest with you, I don't know what uh, cost to enter. You know, uh, I don't know, it's a few hundred dollars. It's not a whole lot, Tony. I want to say it's like 100 or 150. It's not a lot. Okay. I thought it might have been maybe four or five hundred dollars. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, just a lot of talent there to put in and uh, go through that. And uh, anyway, it's uh, pretty interesting to see how that's uh, all going to take place. So uh, with that, uh, anyway, uh, Anthony Padgett up in uh, Indiana. Indiana. Yep. Amazing. uh, Amazing. Amazing. Anyway, just about uh, time to take our first break. Uh, you're listening to uh, um, uh, KN uh, Radio's Fishing and Honey Show. We're going to be back with much more along with uh, some talk about uh, a critter we haven't talked much about recently, but uh, yeah. we're, we're going to talk about him later. Yep. Anyway, we'll be back uh, with more right after this. Discover Ragin' Cajun, the original Cajun seasoning, and Ragin' Cajun Foods' delicious lines of seasoned red beans, white beans, black-eyed peas, sweet jalapeno relish, Ragin' Cajun roux, rice dressing, gumbo, jambalaya, etouffee, shrimp and grits, seafood bisque, and the new Ragin' Cajun stovetop shrimp oil, gator rub, and sizzling steak seasoning. Ragin' Cajun, the original recipes have been handcrafted here in Acadiana since 1985. Folks, ask them for that rage and cajun save ball a new carrier heating and air conditioning system from dolls heating and cooling can save you money every month thanks to the newest line of carrier energy efficient technology products you can lower your utility bill 
Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local carrier dealer. Turn to the carrier experts at Dahl's Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today at 337-367-2511. That's 337-367-2511. License number 6286. Locally owned and operated, Alamo Hydraulics serves the oil business on the national scene. Specializing in welding, grinding, and hard chrome plating, Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia, located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza, and delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza, 256-5783. That's 256-5783. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Swyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Rope. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. The hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 1075, AM 1240, and streaming at Kane1240.com. Welcome back to uh, Kane Radio's uh, Fishing and Hunting Show. Tony Landry along with Ricky, Ricky Watkins. And, Rick, you know, the model ducks, uh, there's a reminder out there. There's a split season on the model ducks uh, because of the irregular days inside the 60-day season in the east and west zones now. We just have two. A few years ago, we had three. three. We had the coastal zone in the east and west. Yes, sir. They decided a few years ago we just needed two. And uh, hunters uh, have to know uh, taking model ducks, a species some south Louisiana hunters call the summer mallards, is uh, banned for the first 15 days in both zones. And a bag limit for the final 45 days is one in both zones. So you folks uh, out there shooting the model ducks, uh, be careful. Uh, The west zone opens Saturday, the east zone on uh, November 18th. Uh, the move for the restricted take comes up as a survey showed a 65% decline since 2009 in our state's model duck population. So, uh, anyway, hunters beware. Believe me, I'm sure the agents are aware of it. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, indeed. Go to the site and check it out. That's right. They're going to keep an eye on you and see how uh, all that's going to come out. Anyway, Rick, I, I want to mention it each, each week about this and uh, – you know, with the uh, deer season opening up and all, yeah. all you hunters out there with the CWD, you know, the chronic wasting disease, it's so important uh, when you take down a deer, uh, if you notice anything about uh, whether a doe or buck uh, has had chronic wasting disease, yep. symptoms uh, with that. Uh, and it's, um, you know, you got to be careful. Uh, they say it's it's just something uh, they want you to do, especially up there in uh Northeast Louisiana, up in Madison, Tinshaw, yeah. uh, Catahoula, some of those uh, those parishes up uh, up up there and uh, and around. I think we got a phone call too. Okay, let's well, go ahead. And check it. it out. Yep. Yep. You're on the air with Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. Yep. This is Oren Louvier. 
I got a question for you. How would you identify chronic waste disease Ooh. in a deer? Well, it's something like you can recall a few years ago. It was like the mad cow. You see a deer that might be struggling a little bit uh, with uh, balance and things like that. And I'll say they're not emaciated, but uh, there's some weight loss there you can see. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, for most hunters, they need to uh, just keep an eye on that, especially up in the northeast part of the state where it's been detected, what, for the past couple of years? Two years, yeah. Yeah, and they've had about eight to ten deers. Okay. Uh, up in that mm-hmm. area that have uh, had it, mm-hmm. and Louisiana was uh, didn't have that for so many years, and we they figured maybe by deer coming across uh, the river up there from Mississippi or possibly traveling in from oh. Arkansas. Yeah. So um, it's uh, where did that come from? Good question. <clears throat> well, it's kind of like a bacteria, uh, you know, like Tony was just saying with the mad, mad cow disease, and even they were saying. Or if you kill a deer, it's good to get it checked because even if it's the starting stage of the uh, right. disease, they, they don't want you to consume it, you know. So it's just, you know, you just so, want to be careful when you kill a deer, get it checked out. And where would I go to do that? Well, you could just uh, the go on a site, the Wildlife and Fisheries. There, there's a station uh, uh-huh. in Lafayette. Yes, sir. Also, there's stations okay. all the way up. Uh, uh, if you go to the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries site, they have mm-hmm. literally uh, – they started over four or five sites. They might have 15 or 20 now. Right. Up there in part yeah. of the northern part of the state. Yeah, and you, yeah, yeah, you can go that, and if you have a printer, print it out, and you uh, can check out which one you might be closer to after you uh, bring down a buck or a doe. So uh, right. that, that's the big thing. But in most instances, mm-hmm. it's rare, but it's out there, yep. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, there's what I'll do is What I'll do is have it checked, and it, I mean, it, I I hadn't got one this year yet, but okay. I'll, nope. I'll have it checked. Yes, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Right. good luck to you. Hope you can bring down as many as the uh, law allows. Oh, anyway, yeah. all right. Well, no, I don't go that far. One, <laughs> yeah. one, one, one is good enough for me. I hear you, yes, sir. And, I hear you. Anyway, uh, I, I appreciate I the phone to, call. Yeah. All right, y'all. Have a good day. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Yep. Uh huh. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Well, no, it's a good question, yeah, Tony. But like you it know, is. we we pretty much go on a site, check it out. They did open some more sites because in the northerner parishes, that's where it's, it's prone to be. And when you take down a deer, like you know, we was telling him, just make sure you get it checked. Yeah, just be safe. That's and, it. You know, I don't think it cost anything. So no, I don't uh, think so. Anyway, and um, and like they're trying said, to control it, you know, and you don't, yeah. you know, you you want to kind of try to keep that down in the herd, so to speak. So anyway, you know, uh, it's uh, the deer swim across the Mississippi River all the time. And a couple of years ago, that fear, uh, that one uh, CWD-infected deer across the uh, river uh, meant the real possibility of a recent infected deer and was healthy enough to make the trip. So, however, CWD showed up in the state, and yeah. being precise, Tensaw Parish, that stretch up there yeah. on the state that's contiguous to the Mississippi River across from uh, Mississippi. Yeah. So also Concordia, Madison, Franklin Parishes, uh, along with Tensaw, all come into that, uh, that area. Yeah. So and so far, that's where it's been contained. But uh, uh, you ho- hopefully they can contain it. Right, up in that just area like Gordon was saying, uh, Tony. You know, like that that uh, bacteria that gets in the water. It's hard. Well, how can you tell? Well, it's you know you got to be careful with that because you know it's uh, when they get an outbreak, you just got to try, try to keep it in check. You know. Oh, you're right. So uh, anyway, Doctor Lacour, who's the state uh, uh, veterinarian, is always on point when he speaks about CWDs, potential danger. His warning has been repeated many times. 
CWD is a neurodegenerative uh, disease of right. white-tailed deer and other members of the deer family. Yep. The disease is infectious, always fatal, and has no known treatment. The disease can be transmitted from live deer, deer carcasses, or other environmental sources such as plants or soil contaminated yep. from exposures to CW, CWD or positive deer or deer carcasses. So uh, yes, sir. that comes from the state uh, uh, vet. So uh, just, you can you do know, is try to keep it in check. Yeah, know? that's that's yep. it. And uh, just smart, you know, I don't think it costs anything having to have it inspected and all. So uh, anyway, just uh, wise to do. Uh, uh, they say it's not harmful, but it, you'd rather be safe than sorry. So uh, yep. uh, in that regard. Anyway, you know, we talked about it might be a bear season here uh, in the state of Louisiana. And I've seen that. And uh, bear hunting was proposed more than eight years ago by Robert Borum, who was the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries ahead. Back then, the mention of such a season drew fire from folks who had worked to elevate the black bears from the endangered species list to when it came to their numbers in Louisiana. Back then, Borum and his wildlife staff recognized the black bear population had grown to a point where the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries petitioned to delist the species and offer possibility of high-dollar lottery for the first black bear hunting seasons. And then a plan came too late. Anyway, a lottery hunt could come, could come, under the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Watchful Eye and Bear Management Area 4, taking in the <laughs> same area we're talking about with the deer, CWD, Tinsaw, <clears throat> Madison, East Carroll, and West Carroll parishes, portions of Richland, Franklin, and Catahoula parishes, uh, the proposed season would run from December 7th to December 22nd, 2004, and would be restricted to bears only, no cubs or females, and the initial hunt like will, will target 10 bears. So the notice of the outline of the number of permits will be determined by a study to discover the density okay. of the bear in that area to the limit the lottery and residents and to require all hunters uh, drawn from the lottery to right. uh, attend the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries sponsored bear hunting training course. Public comment will be accepted uh, starting, uh, I think, uh, uh, by February 5th uh, by email to uh, John Hanks in the Louisiana Wildlife and uh, Fisheries Commission. So, so the numbers should, must be climbing a little bit, Tony. Yeah, and you, you know, know as well as I do, even the bears in this area. Uh, well, you're starting to see them a lot more. Yeah, a little know? more nuisance, but they're looking for food. You right, know, oh, yeah. yeah. And dump over garbage cans. I know a few years ago yeah. we okay. had one in our neighborhood and yeah. come out early in the morning, she and a cub, and uh, would go through all the garbage cans. Uh, and, you oh, know, bears yeah. are smart. They know when the, the garbage cans are being put out. That's right. You know, to knock them over and all, looking for food. So, yep. uh, yes, sir. anyway, interesting. And finally, uh, Rick, uh, you know, we hadn't talked about this much, but the nutrient rights. Yep. You know, I still call them neutral rights, even though uh, yep. they, uh, you know, Louisiana is losing ground. We just, as we mentioned off the air, we just don't see many of them anymore. Not around here, Tony. Uh, I don't know what's I going don't. on. Yeah, but like you said, now further, well, southeast, we they have a lot of trouble, you know, with them down there around Terrebonne, New Orleans, and yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad over in those areas. While Nutria uh, Bounty Programs offer $6 a tail is helping the state's annual body count has been shrinking the, the bounty program claimed 221,000 Nutra this year with 204,000 in 2022. Both years are well off the annual average of 301,000 and less than half the death toll of 2010 where 450,000 uh, Nutra were killed. And uh, Nutra bounty hunters may be adapting uh, for that <clears throat> five years ago by 22% of those Nutra rights were taken care of. In the meantime... Um, 
If more neutral are hiding in the swamps, more neutral are going to die, a Venice honey god said, who kills about 3,000 a year at $6 a tail. Uh, uh, swamps may also, they're talking about they're now getting into the swamps. You know, at one time, the, the neutral preferred to eat three-cornered grass, duckweed, other soft vegetation, uh, common in marshes, but they also chow down um, woodier swampland plants, especially when they're young and tender. Right. And neutral find the little ball cypress. Yeah. Uh, very inviting, you know, a uh, quintessential uh, tree of the Louisiana swamps, and particularly delicious, freshly sprouted. So these animals uh, yeah. are starting to chow down on uh, on uh, that. And right, and then they dig holes in the levee, Tony. That's right, that's, that's right. Double whammy, you know. Anyway, anyway, in the meantime, since 1930s, Louisiana's bald cypress swamps have been reduced by 80% due to logging, saltwater intrusion, and other factors. Conservation groups have spent years to revive these wooded wetlands, planting 90,000 cypress trees since 2010. Nutra have become the bane of these efforts, according to an LSU study of cypress restoration sites. Nutra left almost no baby tree uneaten. That's hard to believe. So anyway, Nutra's uh, damage to seedlings were quick and severe. Uh, the study said at one site in Desalman and Raceland, 88% of the cypress tree seedlings was destroyed within three days wow. after planting. Similar effort in St. Bernard Parish suffered the same fate, but a second attempt was more successful when the project led by the Pontchartrain Conservancy uh, wrapped each seedling with a plastic protector. And cypress are worth protecting. We all know it's a great tree, yeah. great wood. Oh, yeah. And, uh, of course, a lot of them were taken down over the years, but... The uh, neutral rat is uh, still a problem here yep. in the state of Louisiana. Yes, so. sir. Anyway, Rick, uh, we're just about to, ready for our tide uh, for today. Today, Friday, the 10th of November, the sun rose in uh, Southwest Pass, Vermillion Bay at 628. Sunset today will be at 515. In the high and low tide chart, you can see that the first high tide will be at 107 a.m. this morning. And the next high tide will be at 2.40 p.m. The first low tide will be at 7.50 uh, a.m. That's just a few minutes from now. And the next low tide at 8.01 p.m. On Saturday, the 11th, Veterans Day. But they'll be setting Veterans Day today, uh, Friday. So uh, I think you can't even absentee vote today. I think that's shut down. Anyway, uh, I'm not sure about tomorrow. Anyway, uh, tomorrow the sun will rise in Vermilion uh, Bay at 629, set at 515. In the high and low tide chart, we can see the first tide will be at 109 a.m. Okay. The next high tide at 335 p.m. The first low tide uh, tomorrow, Saturday the 11th, uh, will be at 806, and the next low tide at 844. Sunday the 12th of November, the sun will rise in southwest past Vermilion Bay at 630. Sunset will be at 514. In the high and low tide chart, the first high tide will be at 108 a.m. The next high tide at 426 p.m. The low tide will be at 829 a.m. And the next low tide Sunday will be at 928 p.m. The average water temperature in Southwest Pass for Million Bay, hey, 66 degrees. 66. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised, too, at that number. Yep. Anyway, in the meantime, <laughs> uh, 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 Rick, uh, of course, uh, wouldn't be for these fine people. We wouldn't be here each Friday. You're right, Tony. We've got to thank Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Home Run Pizza, and Raging Cajun Seasonings and Foods. And our motto is always, kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal.